Can Australia possibly avoid a whitewash in India? Plus, your best bets for New Zealand versus England in the second test. This is cricket, only better. Welcome to Cricket Only Better, episode 181. I'm Ed Hawkins. Feels like a rare chance to breathe and take stock for the first time in months on the cricket calendar. We can ponder some punting puzzlers involving India and Australia and New Zealand versus England. Saying hello to Sam Collins. Hello, Edward Hawkins. Great to have you back, you and all your peas. Um, New Zealand versus England in the second test is our featured game this week. We've also got some top quality wibble on how India versus Australia is shaping up. The, the Cobb WhatsApp has been buzzing this week as this man, Paul Krishnamurti of Betting.Betfair, say hello, Paul. Hey, Sam. Hello. Has been commiserating with this man, Richard Mann of SportingLife.com. Say hello, Richard Mann. Hello. Hello, there we go. That's the man who's being commiserated with. We're going to have a good look at this series. Uh, and what else have we got, Hawkins? Yeah, we've got team news, pitch reports, strategies, trades, players to follow for New Zealand versus England in that second test. And we've also got a PSL game, as Zalmi take on United. Lovely stuff. Our PSL outright update as well, plus the treble collection and the best bets. So without further ado, let's get on with it. We start with an outright of sorts. Uh, India versus Australia is a cracking contest if you like to see the Aussies suffering, which of course we do. India odds on at 1.93 for a 4-0 whitewash after taking a 2-0 lead thus far. Other series correct score prices are India 3-0 at 2.42, India 3-1 at 3.65, which is a terrible price considering the big numbers Australia have been going off each test. Edward Hawkins, what is the latest here? Yeah, Australia's Pat Cummins, the captain, has gone home. May well come back. Hazelwood is out of the series. David Warner is concussed and has a fractured elbow. Todd Murphy has a niggle. Ashton Agar and Lance Morris could be sent home, which seems bonkers considering the injury problems they've got. Alex Carey is shot and Steve Smith may not be far behind. Check out a piece on Crick Info, which delves into his data on how often he plays the sweep shot, Steve Smith. Basically, never doesn't have it in his locker, but bizarrely got it out in that second innings against India, uh, which preceded the collapse to lose them the second test. Oh, it's horrible hearing that tale of woe, isn't it? Um, Cameron Green and Mitchell Stark could play in the third test in indoor, which is a bright spot. India currently 1.47 for that one and Australia are 5.1, which again feels generous. The draw is 7.6. Let's go to Paul Krishnamurti. Um, 4-0 India, the value is surely. Look, I hate bets like this. I really hate having odds on bets at the start of cricket matches because we know that cricket turns around so many times in running. But at the same time, as a standalone bet, it is very hard to see any other outcome than 4-0 India. Um, they look completely up against the Australia in these conditions, not to mention all of those squad problems. And what have we got to come? Indore, where the two previous tests were both over in four days, dominated by spin. In one of them, Jadeja and Ashwin took 17 wickets. 
Um, and I doubt they'll fare any better at Ahmedabad in the last one. So if you want to have a bet and just walk away, not feel under pressure to get out first thing in the morning, then I wouldn't knock anyone taking 1.93. Okay, uh, Richard Mann, what have you spotted? Just what we talked about last week, Australia's left-handers, no chance. Funnily enough, actually, they're two left-handers top scored in, in each innings of the second test. But we talked about short in runs for every single left-hander. Um, and barring Travis Head in the second innings and Kawaja in the first innings, every other left-hander's innings went under the runs line. Um, so what did the player that played six left-handers last week Uh 12 innings, obviously, Renshaw came in for one. It was a concussion sub, another left-hander. Ten of them went under the runs lines. It was a shocker. And you'd just be making money every time they come in, just play under on the runs lines. Okay. Um, you now both have a chance to vent about these man-of-the-match markets. Uh, Richard Mann's been getting his bloomers in a twist, if you can do those, though, that sort of thing. Uh, sort it out, please, you two. Richard Mann, you first. Well, I mean, look, we, we were on Ashwin work with last week. Very frustrating. Six wickets in the match, um, big wickets in each innings as well. He triggered both Australian collapses and then involved in a brilliant partnership that saved India. Actually, they were in a tricky spot in their first innings. But look, Jadeja got 10 fade, picked up the last five wickets when Australia had basically given up. So I suppose it's hard to argue against that. Someone on Twitter messaged me saying, why why not just Dutch both of them? I think they went off six and sevens for the last test, but Jadeja's seven to two now to make it three out of three. And Ashwin's fours. It seems very stingy to me. Now, India played in Bangladesh pretty recently. Uh, Jadeja didn't play, but Kuldeep Yadav did. He got one of the Man of Match awards, and Ashwin did. But go further back when India played New Zealand at home in a two-match series, two batsmen were Man of the Matches. Shariah Sire for 100, and then Agarwal for 100 as well in the second match. But Ashwin was Man of the Series. I just think if a batsman gets a big score, given how testing conditions are, I wonder if they might go for a batsman this week. Okay, uh, Paul Krishnamurti. Well, let's leave this match aside. I'll come back to. It. I agree with you, Rich, about that. Um, I think we. I think we agree basically on the market. It's a great market, but it is absolute brain damage. I mean, we. I haven't been keeping count, but best bets have lost dozens of points in the last year on dodgy decisions, and it is really frustrating to be um, to have your bet dependent on such an arbitrary decision. But it, despite all that, it remains a good value market. And I think this India-Australia series sums it up and dutching the pair of them at the odds you got in the previous match, Rich, it was a fantastic bet. It was a, it, it, Back in even, it was a, in even match was a fantastic bet. And you, it probably would apply to players who lost. Because if you're really confident about the winner, as we all are here about India, you're already reducing the number of winners to 11. And out of those 11, there's going to be at least two or three highly unlikely ones. And yet you're getting double figures or close about any player. Um, likewise, when when we often see in T20 matches where we'll fancy, strongly fancy one of the opening batsmen at, say, 11 to 4, 3 to 1, and there'll be 8, 9 to 1, man, in a match. They're given the big correlation between that is value, even if you're going to have to ride through bad bits of luck, as we've both had a lot in the last year on this. But I think it does pay off. And to, to, I agree with you. The, the next match, um, Obviously, Ashwin and Jadeja's chance is great. But batsmen win this market a lot. It just takes someone to make 150 or be the only ton in the match, and they've got a great chance. And, you know, being boring, I I, um, I looked at Coley at 11-1. Bearing in mind that if Coley hits a ton in a match, 
what is the chance that he's going to win man of the match? They will always air that decision his way. So I think that is probably a good good value opportunity to take on the spinners this time. Yeah, that's the way I look. But pick one bowler and pick one batsman. And given the batsmen are all double figures, I think I think Curly's the way to go. Thanks very much, gents. Paul, we never think you're being boring um, for what it's worth. <laughs> okay, good. Third test will be previewed on betting.fr, of course. Let's take a quick dip at another out right now, you lucky people. This time, the PSL. The Betfair Exchange has the Moulton Sultans favourites at threes. Lahore at 4.5, Islamabad United at 4.6, Peshawar Zami 5.8, Keta Gladiators at 10s, and Karachi at 11s. I'm going to hand over to Hawkins. Yeah, well, Milton Sultans and uh, Islamabad United look by far the strongest teams at the moment, and Lahore, last year's champions, look terrible. Probably got the worst front five in the tournament. Shy Hope at number three particularly stands out. However, Lahore are going to be a different side at the end of the tournament to what they were at the start. They've got Brooke, Kusul, Mendes and Rashid Khan all to come back into this 11. So there's some discussion around on Twitter. I've seen that it's Islamabad Multan final. I just think Lahore are looking very poor at the moment, but they're going to get much stronger. And when they get those players back, they will look like the champions again so just be a little bit wary of that lots of players coming in and coming out okay okay um which man what have you spotted well i, I was very keen wasn't i on, on finishes and big chases and that probably hasn't paid off quite yet and, and paul would probably be able to put more meat on the bones but i tell you what even in the first innings if you, if you get on runs at like the halfway mark i, th- I still think it's paying Game on Monday between uh, Zalmi and Keta. Keta were 54 after 11.1 overs. They ended up making 154. Um, they were like three to one to make over 150 at that point. Um, and they did it comfortably. The pitch was quite testing and the comms were playing down the chances of big runs, but the ground was just so small at Karachi. Um, and then I think Multan v Islamabad. Uh, Multan were 100 off 13.2 overs, managed 190. I, I didn't see the prices on that occasion, but again, I think you'd have been getting big odds. Um, Keta v Karachi, Keta were 50 off 9.5 overs, made 168 for seven. That was a few days ago. But I still think big finishes. The grounds are so small, even when the pitches are ideal. If you've got a bit of power, you can just hit big boundaries. Okay, okay. Um, Paul Krishnamurti, is that my bad word? Are United call on the outright? Are you sticking with them? Um, I'm not actually. First of all, just to say brilliant work there, Rich. Absolutely brilliant work on the late runs. I completely agree. We'll get more to that. Um, on Islamabad, no, I've um, the negative for me is that I picked when I picked them, I thought they were getting Moe and Ali. I was also putting Fazal Hack Faruqi in that side, and I didn't realize Alex Hales wouldn't be there till the 26th. So that's kind of a bit of a negative. I still think they'll qualify because I think we were right about who the two weak teams are, Quetta and Karachi. But as far as the champions are concerned, you've got to say that Morton look fantastic. They really are going to take a lot of beating. And as Ed pointed out, the, the side that Lahore have at the end of the tournament will be pretty potent. So, no, I'm abandoning Islamabad. Okay, thanks very much. Uh, speaking of Islamabad, we preview their game against Peshwar Zalmi next.
Peshwal Zami versus Islamabad United is on Thursday, 2 p.m. Start UK time live on Sky Sports. Karachi's National Stadium is the venue. Islamabad are expected to be at about 1.85. Edward Hawkins has a lowdown. Yeah, Zalmi, Harris, Babar, Ayob Kola, Kadmor, Powell, Nisham, Shanaka, Riaz, Mukim, Usman, Kadir, and Arshad. Fifth and sixth bowling options for Zalmi look weak there, so bear that in mind, in particular when we're talking about uh, late death over runs. United, Sterling, Hassan, Rassi, Munro, Shadab, Azam, Fahim, Top Cat, Tom Curran, Mohanib Wasim, Reyes, Abra Ahmed. As uh, Paul said, no hails until Feb 26. Moeen now not coming at all. Your pitch, 12 of your last 17, 170 or more in your first innings. We tend to favour the chaser at the break at bigger odds. Paul Krishnamurti, chaser at the break, is that the strategy? Yes, it is definitely. As we explained in the preview, this pays off big time. Over the long term, um, specifically when chasing one eighty plus, you're usually odds against. Now, so far we've only had one opportunity to do that to chase a one eighty plus score, and it came up two runs short, one nine seven, one nine five. But I think, especially considering the chasing side, we're probably a weaker one. That proves the point that you can get these big scores back in second. One seven three was chased successfully too. Um, so hopefully we'll get some opportunities in this game. And I think the last three matches at Karachi are coming up this week. So hopefully we'll get some big scores. Okay. Okay. Thank you very much. Uh, Richard Mann, match odds wager, please. I think Islamabad are the right favourites. I think they're the stronger team, but I, I wouldn't rule Zalmi out. I, I, I think they're okay. Um, so I, I wouldn't be betting before the match on the outright. Okay. Uh, anything technical? Trade strategies? Um, Paul Krishnamurti and then Richard Mann, please. Ross, we've already discussed the chasing strategy, so let's think about these runs in the first innings. Now, I think the average so far at Karachi is very low and lower than par due to Quetta batting twice, batting first twice. I think that the median pitch at Karachi, Karachi first innings runs is 180 plus minimum. So everything, everything about this screams big runs. Um, Zalmi have already conceded 195, 210. That Islamabad's attack doesn't look particularly scary. Um, you've got great finishers on both sides there, I think. Um, so let's say, let's set out, say, 185, the 185 plus runs lines and then the 205 plus line, and maybe even throw in 225 plus for a laugh. It is possible at a ground like Karachi. And, you know, I've seen in some of these early matches, even the 200 lines going off at six, seven. So you're going to get double figures on the last two. OK, OK. Um, Richard Mann? Yeah, well, Paul's nailed it. I looked at this as a both teams to score 170, 180, but the, the prices haven't been particularly big, to be honest. So I'd want at least six to four for both teams, 170, and I'm not sure we'll get it. Other than that, I think I'll be doing what I mentioned earlier, looking to get on the side, batting first to make a big finish. Okay, thanks very much. Uh, Edward Hawkins to the tops, please. Yeah, a couple of people to follow is Sportsbook. Shadab Khan, price to watch to top score. He may, may make a mistake. Might not have spotted he's moved up to the middle order now. Uh, also, Jimmy Neesham at the death, potentially four to one with Sportsbook for top wickets. Okay, um, place to follow, please. Richard Mann, then Paul Krishnamati. Yeah, I'm real going on feel here, but I watched a bit of Ashad Iqbal today, bowling the the death on, on Monday um, for Zalmi and I was really impressed I thought there was a little good Yorker he bowled away really well his figures probably didn't do him justice because as I've said small ground there's a bit of bummer in him actually so 
I've got a friend for top wicket taker. Okay, Paul, please. I'm interested in this Islam bad middle order because I'm not too convinced by top order, and I think they're uncertain about what lineup they're going to play. So, um, in particular, Ed mentioned Shadab Khan. Now, he's coming at four on other occasions, so double figures about him might be interesting. Azam Khan, probably eight to one plus. But the other one was Tom Curran, who went off at 75 to one in the last match. And I think we've got him down there batting at seven. Done. Now, Richard Mann, don't move a muscle. Don't go anywhere because I am pressing this. It's the treble klaxon. Right, I can't escape, can I? So, kicking off, um, I'm going to stick with him. Steve Smith, top Australia, first innings run score, I think three to one's too big. Ollie Robinson did as a favour in the first test, so we'll stick with him, three to one top England bowler. And then I've just mentioned him, but Ashad Iqbal, top Zalmi bowler when they face Islamabad United. I'm not sure what price he'll be, um, but three to one, three to one, and hopefully seven to two there. Okay, thanks very much. Stick around, guys. New Zealand versus England is still to come and our best bets. New Zealand versus England, the second test starts on Thursday at 10pm UK time live on Sky Sports from the Basin Reserve in Wellington. England won game one by 267 runs, coincidentally the same number of goals Harry Kane has scored for Tottenham Hotspur. Bet for exchange prices, 3.25 New Zealand, 1.98 England and 4.7 the draw. The lowdown now, please. Edward Hawkins. New Zealand, Latham, Conway, Williamson, Nichols, Mitchell, Blundell, Kugelion, Southie, Wagner, Henry coming back into this team and Tickner holding on to his place after his debut. England, Crawley, Duckett, Pope, Root, Brooks, Stokes, Folks, Robinson, Leach, Anderson, Broad. They're unchanged and, and why would they change it? There's no big um, uh, rush to try anybody else out and they've had some time off as well. Wellington's base in reserve has been tricky for tourists batting. High score of 3-1-7 in eight innings. Those are teams including India, Sri Lanka, Bangladesh, West Indies. New Zealand 460 in the first dig last time out the test was played there. That was in 2020. Nichols made 174. Straight to Richard Mann for your view on those possible team lineups, please, Richard. It, well, England look really strong, don't they? I mean, that's the only thing they've got to worry about is how they get Johnny Bairstow back in that, that top seven once he's fit again and probably Archer for Brod. Uh, but for this test, looking at New Zealand, Matt Henry will come back and he'll give that that attack a little bit of bite and by they look toothless in the first test. But it's the top order that would concern me. Latham, Conway, Williamson, Nichols. I mean, really, England have feasted on, on, on them over the last 12 months. And, and again, it's leaving a lot up to that middle order, Mitchell and Blundell. OK, sorry. I didn't turn my microphone on there. I can almost feel Paul Krishnamurti's discomfort at England being odds on. Am I right, Paul Krishnamurti? No, for once, for once you are not, Sam. I am actually very positive about this. So I can report that just looking on the exchange a minute ago, they've gone above even money with the draw coming in a bit. And I think that's a crazy price. Uh, we missed out last week. We all agreed England were the better sides, but we we're just a bit fearing the weather because we didn't know what was happening. But clearly they are. Clearly they, they played the game too quickly for there to be draws unless there is an absolute disaster with the weather. Doesn't look that bad at all. In fact, looks very seamer friendly, lots of on and off bit of overcast conditions. And I think that um, very quickly in running, it will become obvious the draw isn't isn't in the equation and five to six even money will, will look like a great price. 
Okay, uh, Richard Mann, England just grind teams down and then pop them in the blender. That's 10, t- 10 wins and 11 tests now. The halfway point, it looked like being a proper contest and they just pulled away. Um, do we wait for better odds given that trend? That's a really, really interesting question because you look back to last summer and they they traded at big odds through lots of last summer against New Zealand, against South Africa, against India as well. You remember Richard Pant going mad. Um and they, uh, Trent Bollard, Headingley, another another instance where England were massive prices. Um, but because they're back so quickly, they can quickly turn things around. So I personally wouldn't take the 1.97. Um, I just wait till they get bigger. And, and this team can do extraordinary things. And when they get big prices, you want to back them to do extraordinary things. Okay. Um, Paul Krishnamurti, any trades or strategies from you, particularly around innings runs? It really depends on the conditions. I mean, just to go back on the point as well, we discussed about England's price. The problem here is the draw. I mean, the draw is seven to two, right? Twenty-two percent of the book. Is there really a twenty-two percent chance, given everything we've seen from England in the last year, that this match is a draw? It, it, it probably it could be minuscule. It could be like a four or five percent chance. Really, it's like Australia in the nineties. Um, on this match, um, I'm a bit wary of betting on the runs early because of the conditions because there have been some roads at base and reserve before if england were back first on one of them i'd be very interested in backing 500 plus even 600 plus at the rate they go at really big odds but at the same time it does look more likely it's going to be about seam bowlers i think that england are far superior in that department and if if it is difficult to bat i'm happy to go under 225 200 new zealand Okay, thank you very much. Uh, over to you on that same question, Richard Mann. Yeah, we're probably a bit different. I, Paul's right, the weather will determine everything. But I think, a bit like what we're talking about in the PSL there, I think middle order is where you make money with New Zealand. You can obviously bet in the top the top batsman markets. Um, but if they're far down for nothing like they were last week, that middle order, Mitchell, Blundell, and I'm quite po- positive on Bracewell as well with the bat if he gets another go. So five, six, seven, and I think they can bail New Zealand out. And the 50 for four, I won't be surprised if they can get them to 250, like they did a lot last summer. So that'll be an angle I'm looking to explore. But clearly, I'd, I'd, I'd need to see the weather. Don't forget this cookaburra ball that they use. It will get soft after 20 overs. Um, it should be the best time to bat in the middle order, as it was last summer in England. Hawkins, what have you got on the tops for us? Yeah, three players to follow or certainly to look at and then one just interesting stat for you. Williamson has been boosted to 3-1 to one with Betfair Sportsbook. That's almost 4% on win rate over the last couple of years. Rare that you get any value on someone as good as Williamson. There's 0.8% on Blundell at 7-1 to one for top bat. These are first innings, of course. Uh, then we've got Stokes, 1.4% in our favour at 9-1. to one. And Brooke has won three times in five tests. Very, very short study size of course so we need much more to go on but he is four to one to be top england run score in the first innings okay thanks very much uh, any players to follow from that richard man rook is the obvious one i just i'm wary of taking a bet in the top batsman market for england given so many of them are in form um i think i'd probably prefer and it, again it depends on conditions but if conditions are okay i'd rather just back book to make a 50 at five to four while he's so hot I just think there's so many dangers in that market. Um, but for New Zealand, I'm much more keen to have a bet. Daryl Mitchell at 6-1, to one, he's just rock solid for me. He's got a brilliant record against England, runs in the last test. Rundle's probably short enough now at sevens, but I think Mitchell's fair enough at 6-1. to one. And if Bracewell plays 17-1's to one's value about him, 
And with the ball, obviously Matt Henry comes back in. Apart from Saudi, he's got nothing to be. If he's seven to two, he's a must bet. Okay, thanks very much. And same to you, Paul Krishnamurti. Very similar thoughts to Rich. Um, headline top bet definitely Daniel Mitchell six to one. Top scored again in the second innings. Great record against England. Um, I quite like. I think another way of backing Harry Brook would be to back the ton, back him to get a ton at five to one. That's not a total bet. And finally, just because I think it will come down to the same bowlers here, I think twelve to one and fourteen to one about James Anderson and Ollie Robinson man of the match is pretty fair too. Okay, thanks very much, guys. That's a big tick. Now, as we approach the end of the show, it is, of course, the best bets time. Best bets time. As always, we have some scores, we have some doors, and we have our friend Edward Hawkins. Yes, Richard Mann is plus two. Paul Christian Murley is... Paul Krishnamurti is minus 16.5. Both got five units to spend. Off you go. Take first one then. Uh, I'm going to have a unit on Matt Henry, top New Zealand baller in the first innings of the second test. Uh, I will have four unit double on England at five to six and Australia at four to 11. India at four to 11. Yeah. Sorry, India at four to 11. Yeah, that, definitely not at four to 11 Australia. <laughs> Um, I'll have one unit, Ollie Robinson, top England first innings bowler in the second test. And I'll have my extra point on uh, Daryl Mitchell, top New Zealand batsman at 6-1. to one. Yes, sir. Sticking in that market, actually, Paul, I'm going to have half a unit on Michael Bracewell at 17-1. to one. Uh, That leaves me with two units. Uh, no, it leaves me with two and a half units left. I'm going to have one and a half units on Steve Smith, top Australia batsman in the third test. And then I'm going to have my final u- unit Ashad Iqbal, top Zalmi bowler against Islamabad United. That's Cricket Only Better done for episode 181. Don't forget to follow betting.betfair. All your games are previewed there across Pakistan Super League, your New Zealand versus England test matches, and, of course, India versus Australia when it is time. We'll see you next time.